Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host. I want to welcome you to today's podcast. Glad you hit that play button. Glad you're joining me. And uh, just want to invite you. I always like to encourage you. I want to hear from you, men. Shoot me an email at spellmanministries at gmail.com, S-P-E-L-L-M-A-N, ministries, plural, at gmail.com. And let me know how I can be praying for you. Let me know what you want to talk about, what you want to hear on the podcast, questions in your heart, questions in your home, questions on the job. Let's just seek God together. Let's get into the scripture and seek God together. So shoot me some ideas of what you want to talk about, and we'll be sure to dig into it. And uh, also, if you haven't checked out our website recently, Check it out. It's uh, SpelmanMinistries.org, and you'll see resources there you can click on, listen to, and watch. Also, um, hey, if you're in there, I'm not sure when you're going to be hearing this podcast, whether you're hearing it live on the release you know, on the week that it's going out, or if you're catching us at a later date. But hey, if you haven't checked out the, the Family Mission Academy, we're launching October 8th, the Family Mission Academy at 727 Ridge Avenue in Pop. Bluff, and we're going to be hosting that on October 8th, November 12th, and December 10th, Saturday mornings. And so you don't want to miss that if you're in the Southeast Missouri region. Come and be a part. All the classes are free and open to the public. And we're beginning with a course we're calling House on the Rock. House on the Rock. So men, hey, bring your families out and uh, be a part of the Family Mission Academy on Saturday, uh, October 8th, November 12th, and December 10th. We hope to see you there again, 727 Ridge Avenue, Poplar Bluff, Missouri, uh, in the Mariah Prayer and Conference Center. We're going to be meeting in the Fellowship Hall. And so come and be a part. Interactive, engaging classes. It's not just sit and listen. Hey, we're going to be very engaged, and we're going to be encouraging participation in these because this is this is not just a school it's an academy and so there's going to be a lot of activity and so uh, i want you to be a part want to invite you to be a part of this of the family mission academy and again want to thank you for being a part of the conversation here on marksman Uh, make sure you share this podcast with your friends your guys you hang with you do life with you do church with and hopefully you'll uh, invite them to take a listen and check out the marksman podcast because this is what christianity is all about you can give this um, to your friends that may not be followers of christ and if that's you somebody shared this with you and you're not even a, a christ follower don't even believe in christ you're just like well somebody told me to give it a listen well then hey Welcome. Glad you tuned in because all we want you to know is this is what Christianity is all about. It's about Christ likeness. It's not just a ticket to heaven. It's not just this this parachute that we wear on our back so that you know eventually when we die we get to know we go to heaven. Well, praise God we're going to heaven. But listen, this is about a man who lived, Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. I know that's tight, but that's right. And that is what Christianity is all about. It's following Christ. It's learning what it means to take up our cross and follow him. Because he showed us the way to do life. He showed He showed us what it looks like to be completely under the mission of love, to completely submit to his father. And yet here is a man that right now as we speak, this man is at the right hand of God 
everything in heaven and earth answers to him. He is in complete dominion over heaven and earth. That was the result of his complete submission. I want you to catch that, man. The result of his complete submission to love, his complete submission to the Father, is that now he is in complete dominion. Everything in heaven and earth answers to him. Everything in heaven and earth answers to a man, a man, Jesus Christ. So that's huge, man. That's what Philippians 2 talks about. In fact, uh, why don't we just go ahead and jump over there to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians is a very familiar portion if you've listened to the Marksman podcast. Uh, Of course, Philippians 3, 13 and 14 talks about, you know, I haven't apprehended. I've not arrived. But hey, I forget those things that are behind and I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So that's the foundation of Marksman. But let's go ahead and grab chapter 2, where it talks about this great submission of Christ and this great exaltation of Christ. And so it talks about in Philippians chapter 2, here's what it says, verse 5, Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, we're, we're encouraged by Scripture to think just like Jesus, to follow his example. Again, Christ-likeness begins with how we think. If we're not thinking right, we're not going to act right. Everything we do is the result of how we think. It's our perspective. And if our perspective is whack, if our perspective is skewed, if we're deceived, then we may not be malicious, but we're not going to be doing it right. We're not going to do life right. Jesus taught us how to do life right, how to live this life. Why did God give us breath? Jesus showed us why. Why did he give us a body? Why did he give us life and a soul, a free will? Why did he give us a voice, eyes, ears, hands, feet? Jesus shows us why. He shows us what to do with this body. He shows us what to do with this life. He shows us what to do with our words. He shows us the way. He shows us the truth. He shows us the life. That's John fourteen 6 I'm quoting. But here in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And I'm reading King James. But he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. He was made in the likeness of men. Remember Genesis, Genesis 1, 26, man was made in the likeness of God. And now we see Jesus being made in the likeness of men. God was becoming a man and being found in fashion as a man. See, something we have to realize if we're going to fully connect with Christ and aim our lives at Christ's likeness, that we got to see what he did, he did as a man. If he did it as the Son of God only, then we all are, we're toast. I mean, it's like, well, <laughs> but if he did what he did as a man, See, he was 100% man and 100% God. Notice through the scriptures when you read all the different times he, he references himself as son of God, but many, many, many times it's referenced the son of man. 
One of my favorites is in like Luke 5 when he he raised up that paralyzed man. He said, and I did this so that you might know that the Son of Man, you can read about it in Luke 5, he raised up a man. They lowered him down through the roof, dropped him down, paralyzed, and he said, man, your sins are forgiven. And everybody in the room was like, who could forgive sins but God alone? I mean, they were just like, you know, blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus just said, man, your sins are forgiven. And then, of course, he looked at him because he knew what they were thinking. He said, and I did this so that you might know that the Son of Man, the Son of Man, very specific, the Son of Man has power and authority on earth to forgive sins. He said, get up, walk. And the man took up his mat. He carried it on his back and he left. <laughs> And then you read about it and say, man, we have seen strange things today. Wow. But why did he heal the man? Because the man's sins were forgiven. He knew he was going to the cross. He knew he was going to pay the price for all of our sins. So if you if you kind of look at it, he kind of healed him on credit. He hadn't even went to the cross yet. He hadn't been put to death yet. He hasn't been raised from the dead yet. He hasn't been glorified yet. And he's already forgiven sins and healing. He was he was committed to the plan. He was not planning on failing us. I want you to hear that. He was not planning on failing us. He healed this guy on credit. He hadn't even died yet. Price hadn't been paid yet. I mean, when Mary came to the garden and tried to embrace him, he says, hey, don't touch me. I haven't risen to my father and your father yet. I mean, he was taking his blood to the mercy seat in heaven. None of that had been accomplished yet. And he's telling this guy, your sins are forgiven. Rise up and walk. And he said specifically, he could have said anything, but he said, hey, your sins are forgiven. And I did this and I'm healing you so that you will know. I want you to know that the Son of Man has power and authority on earth to forgive sins. And then when he did raise from the dead, read about it in John 20. When he did raise from the dead, he he then breathed on his disciples, and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. I mean, he, he had been raised from the dead. They hadn't seen him. He appeared to them in a room where they were hiding for fear of the Jews. You can read about it in John 20. He just showed up in the room. He just phased in there. <laughs> Sound effects. Anyway, I don't know if there's sound effects, but he just showed up and he showed up. They freaked out and he had to say what he always says. Fear not. He said, a spirit has not hands. A spirit has not flesh. Touch me. Feel me. So here he just stepped in the room out of thin air in the flesh. He said, how do he do that? <laughs> Same way you'll do it when you have a glorified body on the other side of the door called death. Because eventually we're going to have the full redemption of everything God bought. And he didn't just buy our spirit. He bought our bodies, too. And we're going to have that full redemption. We're going to have a glorified body, same kind of body he had that was both natural and spirit. And no, they weren't two things. They were one. So here he showed up. He breathed on him once he calmed him down. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And the first thing he said, read about it, John 20, verse 20 through 22. He said, whomever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whoever sins you retain, 
they are retained. The first thing he said, men, the first th- he could have said anything. This is the first thing out of the gate. First words he ever uttered to him after they were born again and they received the Holy Ghost, received eternal life. Because that's when the that's when the disciples were actually born again. That was when Holy Spirit came upon them, like He came upon Mary in Luke chapter one, and she conceived the Christ child. Jesus breathed on them, said, "Receive Holy Ghost," and they were born again. The power of the Most High came upon them and overshadowed them, and they were born again. And the first words He speaks is, "Whoever sins, you forgive; they're forgiven." Whoever sins you retained, they are retained. That the Son of Man has power and authority on earth to forgive sins. It's one of the reasons, like in Mark Mark chapter 11, great teaching on prayer, great teaching on confession. You know, Mark 11, 23, whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea, and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he says. And then verse 24, therefore, when you pray, believe what things soever you desire in prayer, believe you receive, and you'll have them. The only qualifier is verse 25. That's it, other than believing, of course. You've got to believe. You've got to believe what you say. You've got to believe you receive. That's qualifiers. But I'm saying outside of faith, the only thing that qualifies, he says, and when you stand praying, forgive. And when you stand praying, forgive. Because if you don't forgive, your Father in Heaven won't forgive you. So it's all about this mercy, men. We need to be men of mercy. We need to, be, we need to lead in our homes in mercy. We need to lead in our relationships, showing the way. The way that mercy is. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 5. We haven't forgot. Let's go back. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. It's where we jumped off a minute ago. As a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto the death of the cross. See, what was the cross about? It was where God's plan for his life. It was God's plan for his life that we talked about it last week. If you missed last week's podcast, go back and check it out. We talked about how his life paralleled the life of Joseph. This was God's plan for his life. This was God's purpose for his life. This was God's dream for his life. God's dream was that his family would be saved. God's dream was that his family would be restored. God's dream was that he would get his family back. And Jesus said, I'll dream with you. I'll I'll be the answer to your prayer, Father. I'll say, not my will, but your will be done. I'll go all the way with you, Father. And just like where the first Adam did not remain in the love of God. The last Adam did remain, John 15 and 10. Just like the first Adam did not remain in the love of God, the last Adam, Jesus, did abide and remain in the Father's love. And he went all the way to the end, even to the point of sweating blood in the Garden of Gethsemane, where his soul wrestled with the will of God. His soul wrestled with obedience. So I don't care what you're struggling with, men. I don't care what I've struggled with, men, because we've all struggled to submit to the will of God. We've all struggled in obedience, 
It's it, Jesus said, the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Pray that you enter not into temptation. He talked about that to his own followers. He said, that's just how flesh is. Flesh is weak. You got to know that. If you, if you yield to your flesh, you're going down the weak path. You're going to end up in a weak place. That's just everybody's flesh. That's not a slam on nobody. But if we lean into the Spirit, if we lean into truth, if we lean into Christ, if we lean into God's love, and we say, God, help me. And just like Jesus did that time, as he prayed three different times, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. See, he showed us what it's like to do life in the flesh. That we're going to have to face weakness. We're going to have to face temptation. You know, it says in the book of Hebrews, I'll, let's go there. I want to. I want you to see this in the book of Hebrews, and then we'll, we'll come back to Philippians 2 in the wrap-up. But Hebrews chapter 4, I want you to catch this. This is one of the most liberating truths that entered my life years ago and continues to bring freedom and liberty to me every time I need it. In Philippians, I'm sorry, Hebrews 4, it says in verse 14, Hebrews 4, 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we do not have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That's, that's the word for weakness. So catch that. We do not have a high priest that cannot understand our weakness. Or you could, that's like a double negative. So you could just say, we have a high priest that understands. We have a high priest that understands our weakness. It goes on to say, in all points he was tempted, yet without sin. All points he was tempted. Jesus was tempted at all points. That's why we have a high priest who understands our weakness, our flesh. He was pulled every way we were pulled. You might be saying, whoa, how in the world could you say he was tempted in the ways I've been tempted? Because, of you know, you just start getting into the things we're tempted with today. They didn't have the same technology then. They didn't have the Internet back then. They didn't have some of the things we're dealing with. Maybe in, in uh, industrialized nations that they, they were in an agrarian society, you know, fairly primitive compared to what we're experiencing today. So how could he be tempted like I was in all these points? Simple. I said simple. Because there's really only three points of temptation. Now, listen to me, men. There's only really three points of temptation, and there's three references in Scripture that bear it out. Look in the Garden of Eden, the first temptation. They, they, they were tempted to eat the fruit because why? It was a tree desired to make them wise. It was good for food, right? It was pleasant to the eyes, three things. And then you look in the garden, or I'm sorry, the wilderness temptation of Jesus. He was tempted three ways. Right? And all three times overcome. And then you go to First John chapter 2, and it's summarized beautifully by John in Revelation of the Holy Ghost. He says, all that is in the world, all that is in the world is not of the Father, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. All that, that's all there is in the world to tempt us. That's the three points of temptation. Jesus overcame all three. There was three temptations in his wilderness. The first Adam and Eve, they succumbed to their three 
you know, the the apple, not the apple, it's stupid, wasn't an apple. Anyway, the fruit, <laughs> sometimes you see pictures, always an apple. Apples get a bad rap. Anyway, anyway, it was a fruit, whatever it was, tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was pleasant to the eyes, right? It was good for food, right? It was desirable to make one wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The three wilderness temptations of Jesus, he overcame every time. It is written. He, he, did, he didn't take the temptation to make the stones, you know, into bread. He didn't, you know, bow down and worship the enemy. And he didn't, he, when he was taken up on the temple and shown all the kingdoms of the world, he didn't bow down. Same temptation, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. So when it says here that Jesus was tempted in all points, that's what it's talking about. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The three points of all temptation. All that's in the world hinges around those things. But we have a high priest that was tempted in all those points, but here's the big point, and yet never sinned. You say, well, what's the big point there? Temptation isn't sin. How many times did I cave because I accepted guilt, I accepted shame, I accepted condemnation just because I was tempted? The enemy was able to play on that. The fact that I was tempted, he was able to play on that and then push me on over the cliff. And I yielded. And you have too, (laughs) right? We're in this together. But here's the good news. I discovered by revelation in the scripture, like I just read, that just because Jesus was tempted, yet didn't sin. So what does that mean? Temptation is not sin. To be tempted to do it, to want to do it, is not, it's just flesh. That's why Jesus said your flesh is going to want to do it. Your flesh is going to be weak. But the spirit The Holy Spirit, your spirit, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. We can yield to that. But it's going to take prayer, men. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to have a conversation with God. Just like Jesus wrestled, we may have to wrestle. But here's the good news. We have a high priest who was touched with the feelings, and he will come to our aid if we'll just bring him into the conversation and say, Jesus, I'm struggling with this. My flesh is pulling on me. My feelings are pulling on me. I need your grace right now. I need strength right now. I need the help of the Holy Spirit right now. Nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. We can literally pray what he prayed. He taught us to pray. We can pray just like he did. When we're feeling pulled and we're feeling like we're going to cave and we're feeling like we just can't hold on and we're weary. We can say, nevertheless, Father, not my will. Your will be done. Give me grace. Give me strength. Give me wisdom. God, I'm calling upon you right now. I'm not going to yield to my flesh, but I'm going to yield to truth. I'm going to yield to who I am in Christ. I'm going to yield to Christ in me and Christ on me. I'm going to allow that river of living water to spring up out of my belly like a river. I'm going to yield to that eternal life in me that's that well Jesus spoke of, springing up into everlasting life. We can do it, men. But it's going to take getting involved. It's going to take getting to the throne. Because that's what it says next in Hebrews 4. 
We have a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses. He was tempted in all points, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. That's the con- You've probably heard that verse before, but the context of that is when we're feeling the pressure of our flesh. We're feeling the pressure of temptation, tests, and trials. It says, go to God, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So back to Philippians chapter 2, and we'll do a wrap-up. Philippians chapter 2, thanks for hanging with me today in the conversation. Hope you're enjoying the conversation. My spirit is encouraged. I hope you're encouraged. But I've definitely been encouraged by the Word of God. The Word is life. The Word is truth. The Word is light. Here in Philippians 2, talking about the mind of Christ being found in fashion as a man, he became obedient. This is Philippians 2, 8, where we left off. He became obedient even to the point of death, the death of the cross. Why did he do it? Because he knew he was saving you and me, you and I. Verse 9, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, even things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So do you see there, men, complete submission to love has brought Jesus to a place of complete dominion. A lot of times when we we think in the flesh that submission is somehow restricting us But no, submission to love, submission to God, submission to the Word of God, submission to the ways of God, submission to the plan of God, it doesn't restrict our life. It actually exalts us. It moves us into greater and greater authority, greater and greater dominion that is eternal. See, this life is not all there is. You know, your old story years ago, if you ever listened to radio growing up like I did as a kid, at least what my parents listened to, I had to listen to. You heard Paul Harvey. <laughs> he'd have a good program and kind of leave you with a cliffhanger, and then he'd come back after the break, and he'd go, now for the rest of the story. Listen, men, just on the other side of this life, we're going to see the rest of the story. And, and it's not just about waiting till we die to get there. I'm talking about even on the other side of your obedience, on the other side of your surrender, on the other side of your submission and mine, we get to see the rest of the story. It's not over till it's over. It's not over till we win. It's not over till Christ is exalted. And sometimes it can seem like doing it God's way. You know what I'm saying? Doing it, submitting to the word, submitting to the way of God, submitting to love, submitting to God's plan for our life. Sometimes it can cost us. In fact, Jesus told us, consider the cost. Luke 14. He said, you better consider the cost. You don't want to start something you can't finish because it is going to cost something, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to pay the price now in this life 
and, and be victorious over our flesh and renew our minds with the word of God. And whatever that costs us, it's going to be worth it for our marriage. It's going to be worth it for our families and our future family and our future generations. It's going to be worth it financially. It's going to be worth it in our health. It's going to be worth it in our soul. It's going to be worth it to submit to love and submit to truth and submit to God's ways. Well, man, again, our time is gone. We have we have uh, absolutely went quickly through nearly 30 minutes, and I do try to keep these around 30 minutes best I can. I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast today. I just can't say thank you enough, especially if you're sharing this. Share this with other men. Let's get more guys around the table talking, sharing, pressing into God. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's reach out for Christ in our generation. Let's let's bring healing to our homes. Men, I'm praying for you. I love you. I appreciate you. I want to hear from you. Give you give me a shout. 